Polycystic ovary syndrome is the number one cause of female infertility in the United States. What do we know about how nutrition can improve a woman's life and possibly fertility when she has PCOS? You're listening to ReachMD, and I'm dietitian Kathy King. With me today is Angela Grassi, the author of a book on polycystic ovary syndrome called PCOS, The Dietitian's Guide. Angela is the founder of the PCOS Nutrition Center in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, where she counsels women with PCOS and has dedicated herself to advocacy, education, and evidence-based research of the syndrome. Today, we will be discussing nutrition therapy for polycystic ovary syndrome. Angela, thank you for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Kathy. I know you've been interested in this for some period of time, but why did you get started in it? Yeah, I always remember the very first patient I ever had with PCOS. I call it PCOS. I know some people call it PCOS, but polycystic ovary syndrome. My first patient was a patient with binge eating disorder, and she was starting to lean towards some bulimic patterns. And she was just diagnosed with PCOS, and her doctor told her to eat an Atkins-type diet, so no carbs whatsoever. And that really aggravated her symptoms. She started binging more because she couldn't avoid the carbs, and that's when the purging behavior started to come in. So we didn't know much about PCOS when I first started working with her, and I started to see more and more patients with it. And this is when I was just first starting out as a dietitian. So I was in my early 20s. And then it turns out that I got diagnosed with it myself, and I was just amazed that I was already familiar with it and couldn't even recognize it in myself. I didn't have a lot of the main features of PCOS, so that's part of the reason why. But after I experienced a large weight gain with no reason, very unexplained, despite a healthy diet and exercise regimen, and went to several doctors and then finally saw a doctor who did diagnose me with PCOS. Okay, so basically it's hard to get diagnosed then, I guess. What are the symptoms and what's the physiology behind this syndrome? PCOS is probably the most common endocrinopathy in premenopausal women, women of childbearing age, and it affects anywhere from 6 to 10% of women in the United States, depending on which diagnostic criteria is used. It's very underdiagnosed and undertreated, and we see that PCOS is a multifactorial polygenic disorder with variable phenotypes. So we see that it affects the reproductive aspects. So we see that women have menstrual regularity, they have anovulation or infertility, and clinical or biochemical hyperandrogenism, so that high testosterone. And then we also see metabolic features. So we do see that women with PCOS are at an increased risk for type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. We see dyslipidemia, abnormal glucose tolerance, inflammation, certainly obesity is prevalent in the majority of women with PCOS. And insulin resistance is a key feature driving this. So insulin resistance may be at the bottom of it besides the hormones? Absolutely. We do see that high levels of insulin does trigger the ovaries to start pumping out higher levels of androgens. What problems do patients have with food and nutrition that all of this culminates in? Sure. Because of the high levels of insulin, you know, insulin is a growth hormone and it's also an appetite stimulant. So we see that women with PCOS who have this high insulin levels do have and report a lot more cravings 
a lot of cravings for sweet foods, refined foods, and processed foods, the very foods that actually (laughs) worsen their condition. And as a result of having the high insulin, they do have bouts of hypoglycemia. So then when their blood sugar gets really low, of course, it's the carbohydrates that are going to bring up their blood sugar. So that's a key challenge in working with women with PCOS, that they have these high cravings and the hypoglycemic episodes. We also see some evidence that women with PCOS have impaired levels of appetite-regulating hormones like ghrelin, leptin, and CCK. So that can all interfere with their ability to make healthy choices and to help with weight management. You're listening to ReachMD. I'm Kathy King, and I'm speaking with dietitian Angela Grassi. And we're talking about nutrition therapy for polycystic ovary syndrome. Angela, although I'm sure each diet is individualized, are there basic nutrition guidelines you use with patients with PCOS? Right. So we do individualize because there are so many women with different phenotypes of PCOS. And of course, every woman is different. And as a registered dietitian nutritionist, I don't just look at the diet. I also look at their whole lifestyle. So that involves, besides their eating, their exercise, their sleep, we see much higher rates of obstructive sleep apnea in women with PCOS, as well as stress management, because the high levels of stress can influence cortisol, which also influences insulin. So that's all part of it. But as part of the healthy diet, we do look at a diet that can bring down that insulin, as well as inflammation. So different strategies we could use is perhaps a reduced carbohydrate diet, not necessarily a no-carb diet, but a low-carb diet that focuses on low glycemic index foods. So these are like whole foods that don't spike up insulin levels, grains like brown rice or quinoa. We're looking at fruits and vegetables that don't rapidly rise up insulin levels. And certainly a diet that focuses on an omega-3 rich intake of healthy fats like avocado, olive oil, and certainly wild salmon. So what are the main hurdles when a woman is given this kind of diet? Is it an easy thing or does it are the consequences so positive that, you know, of making the change that they stick with it pretty easily? Right. So it all depends on where a woman's at. I try to meet a woman, you know, what her knowledge is. Some women are already familiar with the benefits of lower-carb diet and a whole foods-based diet for PCOS. Some have no idea. You know, the glycemic index could be totally way over their heads and complicated. So I try and simplify it for them as much as possible and give them the knowledge and information they need. It's really important that women with PCOS receive the right nutrition counseling and right education to understand what's happening to their body and the symptoms they're experiencing and really what that insulin is doing to their bodies. So we do take an individualized approach in clients who do make some changes in their diet. We definitely see that they can lose weight. We see improvements in their metabolic health. So their A1C starts to drop, their cholesterol and their CRP levels start to drop. We can see with weight loss, they can improve their fertility So we see a better chance of getting pregnant. And even when they are pregnant, reducing their risk for gestational diabetes. Going on from there, then, how would you encourage physicians and families and patients to find a dietitian who has background in PCOS? Sure. So they can visit the American, um, the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics website, which is eatright.org, so locate a dietitian in their area, not every dietitian is that familiar with PCOS, so it's important that you talk to them first to make sure that they are 
familiar with treating it, definitely at the PCOS Nutrition Center, we provide nutrition counseling to women either in person in our office in Bryn Mawr, outside of Philadelphia, or we do consultations over the phone or over the internet. And that first nutrition assessment, that first visit is so important, and that's when we do the in-depth screening for their eating habits, do a lot of education, and even talking about some supplements that can really help to improve their health. Okay. If you could please summarize for us what are the most important points that we should remember about nutrition therapy with PCOS? Sure. Women with PCOS have unique challenges that can affect weight management and their metabolic health. A healthy PCOS diet should focus on foods to reduce insulin resistance and inflammation. And nutrition supplements can benefit women with PCOS, both with the metabolic and reproductive aspects. Okay. And exercise probably in there too. Exercise, stress management, and just overall a healthy lifestyle. They all work in synergy (laughs) to improve uh, PCOS. Thanks. This has been ReachMD. I'm Kathy King, registered dietitian. We've been talking with Angela Grassi. We've been discussing nutrition therapy for PCOS. Again, Angela, thank you for being with us and giving us your time. Thank you. I'm Kathy King, and you've been listening to ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com, featuring podcasts of this and other series. Thank you for listening.